Hello, it is Thursday, October 8th, 2020. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Q Gronkineers travel to the Windy City to take on Big Richard Nick Foles and the Chicago Bears. We'll talk about that, plus everything else going on in the NFL world, including a lot of COVID, a lot of postponement, a lot of delay, who's going to win, who's going to lose, and great conversations. We got great guests today. We can't wait for you to enjoy the hell out of the show, and if you do, be a friend, tell a friend. If you don't enjoy the show today, just act like it never fucking happened. All right? Let's have a great Thursday. Let's get to it. We appreciate the hell out of you. Hashtag one of McAfee's million. Uh, the $100,000 giveaway we're doing for our YouTube reaching 1 million subscribers will continue probably until Sunday, maybe. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Feel free to enter. We were trending on Twitter number one for like four hours yesterday. I can't thank you all enough. You are the greatest humans ever. No clue why you listen to the show, but the fact that you do, we can't thank you enough. Let's get to said show. And reminder, once again, if you like this show, please be a friend and tell a friend. And if you don't like this show, just act like it never, ever happened. Let's get to it. After a couple days away from the Tennessee Titans uh, facility, a couple more positive COVID-19 results have come back to the Tennessee Titans, which means that although they have already postponed their last game against the Pittsburgh Steelers this past Sunday and had the Pittsburgh Steelers take a week four bye week instead of the week eight bye week because they couldn't get things figured out. Not that it was their fault, but since COVID only showed up in the way that it did in their building as opposed to everywhere else in this massive way. So after that game gets postponed, the conversation was, well, what about the Titans-Bills this upcoming weekend? Will the Titans and Bills be able to play? Now here we are on Thursday of a game that is supposed to take place on Sunday in another positive case has rolled out of the Tennessee Titans franchise. I assumed this morning whenever I woke up that when I heard this news that the NFL would institute their plan all along, which is, okay, we're going to add an extra week for games that need to be made up because of a COVID miss. And if there's multiple teams that have to play multiple games, we'll add on another week so I thought we were eventually or potentially going to get to the inevitable rollout plan of how they're going to extend the season a couple weeks to let games happen but no no my friends no no the NFL is figuring this out on the fly the NFL said well that could potentially just move the Titans Bills game this weekend back to Monday or Tuesday if there's no more positive cases a la what happened with Cam Newton and the Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs which went from a Sunday game to a Monday game. So then you start looking ahead for the other team involved in this who has had zero positive cases of COVID-19. The Bills, since that game is potentially getting moved from Sunday to Monday or Tuesday, the Bills are set to play the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday. So then that game would have to obviously get moved. So now we got moving pieces, and they're saying that the Bills-Chiefs potentially goes to Saturday night football. It happens at the end of the NFL season. They move over to Saturday night because college football is down for a little bit, and they got both days. It is a great time to be an NFL fan when it's on Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, and that could be happening because of COVID. But how many times can they do this? I don't know if this is a plan that they're going to be able to rely on in a pretty heavy fashion as we move forward with this COVID 2020 NFL season. 
They've rolled out more stringent protocols for the team facilities. I've gotten a message from a couple of my friends around the league that said the NFL, and I don't know if this is potentially instituting or they are instituting, there'll be three NFL representatives walking around practice facilities to make sure nobody is in groups. And they will write down names of anybody that is breaking any of the COVID protocols inside of the building. I don't know if that means they can walk around the locker room. I don't know if you just got these random people walking the streets a la V for Vendetta or whatever it was back in the day. I don't know if that's the case. Then obviously, the NFL rolled out these new protocols in a tiered fashion and they also said something in there that was very interesting. The Surveillance cameras that are inside the building and outside the building. The NFL now wants access to those cameras mm. to see if anybody is breaking any of the COVID-19 restrictions that they have put in place so that this season can go on without a hitch. And if you're outside of the NFL and you're just a fan, and there's been a lot of people that have been pitching the bubble, and I'll tell you what, I got five text messages from former teammates of mine that are still in the league that said, stop even fucking mentioning it. <laughs> stop mentioning the bubble. We do not want it. But if you're a fan, you're just like, oh, put them in a bubble. Just put it in a bubble. It's not working. Just put it in a bubble. But if you think about the teams and the humans and how big it is, that is something that's going to be damn near impossible at this stage of the game for them just to concoct an area that has all the space that's needed and for them to go in there. Now, maybe the at-home bubbles where they stay in their own hotels like it's training camp all season and maybe somebody said on TV alluded to maybe once a week they get a conjugal visit, which is very, very nice to them. But it is also something that this is potentially a real moment for this 2020 NFL season. If more positives keep coming out, and more things start to happen. And they can't just configure a way to move these games. Okay, Monday, Tuesday, Saturday, we'll bump this one over here to Wednesday, then we'll do this. That's going to be tough to do. I have no idea if the schedule makers are going to be able to figure it out. I would assume that they have not slept much as of late. But all the NFL is trying to do by enforcing these rules and everything, they're trying to get the COVID completely out of the NFL locker rooms. I'm not sure that's going to be possible. So we, as a show that observes and reports, mostly on the NFL and other sports, if they are you know, big enough to have some juice to yeah, uh, juice. Uh, be talked about. Uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo, the man that this channel, Channel 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio, is named after. He gave me a call before I went on the air and told me a couple things have juice. Some things don't have juice. A lot of other sports don't have juice, but we talk about them. But if we observe and report, the NFL right now is in a hilarious spot. What will they do? I thought today was the day we'd hear about an extra week. It is not. They're reconfiguring the schedule. When will that day come? I'm guessing mid-next week. Ooh. That's what I'm guessing. I'm yeah. guessing by mid-next week, we have a plan from Roger Goodell about how the NFL is going to add one season for makeup games or add one week for makeup games this season, add two weeks. And the interesting thing, and A.J. Hawk and I talked about this yesterday, it won't be the teams that have a chance to go to the playoffs that you have to worry about for those ones it's the teams that are two and 11 okay and their their off seasons have already been booked and they have to wait one week maybe two weeks or or three weeks and play more games it's i'll be excited to see how those teams work i'll be excited to see the opt-out clause if there is one i'll be pumped to see how this all plays out but that's 2020 baby we have no idea what's going to happen all we know is tonight the tampa bay q gronkineers traveled to chicago to play the chicago bears we'll talk about that we'll give you some locks we got james jones joining us, formerly of the Green Bay Packers, Super Bowl champion, now at the NFL Network. We have Tom Curran, NBC Sports Boston reporter, who told us that this Patriots team was going to stink before the season started. We'll talk to him about his thoughts. Cam Newton, Stephon Gilmore, two best players on the team. 
confirmed COVID case because they went to dinner together on Friday night. Nobody else got it somehow. Great job instituting the social distance rules and not be around each other rules if that's the case. Way to go for them. And Darius Butler will be joining us in the one o'clock Eastern Daylight Time hour to give us his lock for the passing Woo. yardage over yeah, under tonight yeah. while Tom Brady plays against the Chicago Bears, which are led by big dick Nick Foles. Should be a great day. one mad dog 6 Can't wait to hear from you. Uh, the boys are here at Tone Diggs. What's going on, bud? Pat, do you think um, that we haven't heard um, like a, of a week 18 or anything like that now because teams like the Patriots, who did unfortunately get a uh, positive COVID test, and then they follow the rules, now don't have any positives today. And the Raiders, who probably follow the rules, don't have any positives today. But it, maybe it's just one fucking outlier team that can't follow the rules that is potentially ruining the season for everyone so interesting here because when mike frable talked about their initial positives it was three players five personnel tested positive the day after they beat the vikings yes yeah mm -hmm. so that was initially it and everybody was like whoa 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 here we go this is what we all thought was going to happen but now we actually have three cases this ain't that 77 false positive uh situation that happened out of that new jersey lab uh months ago during training camp this is real these have been multi-time tested here we go we're off and running so Vrabel came out and said, I think what we've all learned is that it's nobody's fault. Like, this just happens, you know, this just happens. And it is weird that it has seemed to happen uh, around the league a little bit. Oakland Raiders had one player, mm -hmm. get it? Uh, obviously, the Patriots? Patriots had two players. But the Titans, with the level of humans, the amount of humans that they have have it, okay? They got like 20-some people yeah. now that have yeah, it. I agree, I think. And it's just been rolling out as it's going. Then you got investigative journalism happening by the sports reporters down in Tennessee. Uh, they're like, oh, here's a picture of them gathering at a field because uh, they weren't allowed in the facility because of the COVID-19. So I would assume that some of their vets were like, hey, if we're not in the facility, we're getting worse. Everybody else is getting better. We should at least do a little routes running or something like that where we can socially distance, which the photo I saw seemed like that's what it was. Uh -huh. It seemed like it was maybe Tannehill throwing with a quarterback or something like that but still the titans decide to have this gathering which is this where the covid continued to spread nobody knows but it definitely gives everybody an excuse or a reason to say that the players fucked up completely and paul kuharski did do that down in tennessee <laughs> and a couple of the players have responded uh basically telling him that he's a weird man here says jefferson you're a weird man stay around stay from around our organization if you're out to hurt our team lol clown don't look like none of my teammates in this picture okay so they're saying the players are Whoa. saying no it wasn't us in in the picture but the nfl has come out basically and people have called them and it said it's not if they're going to be punished for this it's when they're going to be punished for this so nobody knows how that's playing out but it is very weird that one particular team can't get it figured out when everybody else has it and it's like is it inevitable that every team is going to potentially have this outbreak or have the tennessee titans fuck this up and i'll tell you what people have turned on the tennessee titans oh, franchise yeah. there are players like oh get them there's there's ex-players that are like yo get them off the tour doug <laughs> then there's former players that are like they should just take losses which by the way was talked about by the pittsburgh fan base just last week sure. instead of them having to postpone a game and move their bye week completely everybody's turning on the titans right now and the titans are sitting back wondering was this 100% our fault? Did we do these things wrong? Or is this a pandemic that's just spreading at a rapid rate around the entire globe, not just our locker room? And why is everybody else able to handle this except for us? Or are the Titans thinking this is going to happen to another team? 
other team is going to have to deal with this. And when they do, we would like everybody to apologize for what we got fucking going on yep. down here. Yeah, and that tweet from Mort, it would suck for, if they do, like, I, I assume that the league will not have anyone forfeit games. They'll probably take draft picks or something like that because the forfeit of the game then hurts hurts the bill players. They don't get paid for a game. It also gives them a free win. So, like, you're going to have the rest of the AFC East complain about a free win or, or if that one win affects the playoffs down the road. Schefter this morning on Get Up said that if they end up just – not having a couple games, win percentage uh, will be used yeah. to see who can get in the playoff as opposed to uh, your record, mm-hmm. right? Because if some people only play 14 games, a la the Titans, which could potentially happen here, or if people play 15 games, your winning percentage would be the move. And I think this is what baseball did, right? Yeah. At, at Ty Schmidt, yeah. that's what baseball did, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Baseball said, we can postpone games, we can do this, we can run seven inning double headers if we have to, but in the end of the day, it's just going to be winning percentage on how people get in. I don't know how that is going to fly in the NFL. Excited to hear about it. But they might run out of options if they have to keep delaying these games. I mean, whenever you're moving the the cups, which is what they're doing, (laughs) inevitably the ball that's underneath one of them is just going to get exposed. Yeah, it's just something's going to happen. And it feels like that right now they're kind of handling out as it goes. But I think this could be tough as the year goes if it is like this. But also, let's not rule out that everybody – Tightens up after this. This is exactly what happened after the Marlins had an outbreak. In COVID, that some bitch is, you know, exiled from the NFL operation, which is what everybody's hoping, I'd assume, in New York and the NFL offices. Diggs alluded to it. Do you think that that's just what it's going to be? They're going to get punished and they'll they'll fine them and take, like, a draft pick? Like, what? I mean, you can't let one team upend the season, which is basically what's potentially happening right now. And that's kind of what happened in baseball, right? When the Marlins yeah. started messing up, people yeah. were like, yeah, just fucking cancel exactly. their game. Yeah, yeah pretty much. out of there. That's on them. That's not on us. But I think every other team is – potentially aware that this could happen to their team in a little bit and any rule that you make right now right for the titans it could potentially come back and bite you in the ass right that's like whenever you know you're creating a game or something and you have to create the rules to set game (laughs) because that is a part of creating the game Mm -hmm. you know that if you make a rule and it helps you right now Mm -hmm. there's a chance that said rule could bite you in the ass (laughs) down the road absolutely and that has happened on plenty of different occasions throughout this life i would assume and in this office insider for espn a man who's been seen on get up in the morning mr dan maziano he had an entire thread of tweets here that breaks down the entire titan situation it is very, very interesting whenever he lays it out, what's going on behind the scenes for what he knows. Maziano tells us, for clarity on the Titan situation, this is what we actually know. There is an NFL-NFLPA investigation that could result in discipline if Titans didn't follow protocols. The September 30th off-site player workout is part of the investigation, but not its sole focus. Ooh, there wow. is more. NFL-NFLPA also looking to how the virus entered the Titans facility and how it spread. Were masks not worn properly? Were protocols not followed during team travel, etc., etc. This is more important than whether the players should be disciplined for working out together. There's still more. Oh. As to the September 30th player workout, Titans and Vikings were both told September 29th that facilities were closed and there could be no in-person activity either at facility or away from it. Whether slash how that info was communicated by team to players is part of the investigation. There is more. NFL and NFLPA do not want to make teams forfeit games. That is a last resort idea that would only come into play if rescheduling proved impossible and a team proved responsible. Titans 
Bills is likely to be rescheduled, even if other games have to move to accommodate. Bottom line, this is all, and that's the Maziano <laughs> bottom line. This is all more complicated than any of us ever thought we'd have to prepare for. The league, the teams, the players, the media are all figuring it out as we go. I mean, I like him putting himself in this. <laughs> Anyone who insists they have a simple solution is wrong, delusional, and frankly, unhelpful. Oh. Shout out to old Mazzuano. Uh I like what he's talking about there. That's the entire thing breaking down. So how it got into the Titans facility is still yet to be talked about, right? Because mm-hmm. initial reports were we don't know how this thing got in here. It's nobody's fault. We're talking about a virus that we don't know much about here six months after the whole thing has kind of shut down our entire world. Blah, 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 blah. Now the NFL and the NFLPA are like, well, we, we would like to find out because nobody else is having it happen. So <laughs> if this is on somebody in the locker room, we would like to talk about it. And you saw us finding coaches $100,000 and teams $250,000. Just wait till you hear about the motherfucker that brought old COVID into the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> that some bitch is going to get it. I'll be excited to see what the punishment is, what the reaction is. And I like the fact that they said canceling, forfeiting games will be last resort. So right now you see them trying to move the puzzle pieces around. This weekend, Titans-Bills is in jeopardy to happen on Sunday. They said that could move to Monday or Tuesday. I'll know what happened with the Patriots and the Chiefs last week. That would then make them have to turn the Bills-Chiefs Thursday night football matchup on NFL Network with Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Move that to potentially Saturday night. Night, which is very interesting. So now the Chiefs, Bills, who normally you don't like Thursday night football games anyways uh, later in the season because they lose that back-end thing, but they don't have to play on Thursday. I think Saturday night is a great option, obviously. I uh, hate that we're going to have to miss some college football potentially for this, but here we are. This is 2020 NFL. And joining us now is a man who's a Super Bowl champ, works for the NFL Network, friend of the show, ladies and gentlemen, James Jones. Yeah, What's going on, fellas? Hey, COVID's a son of a bitch, James. <laughs> Ooh, tell me about it. <laughs> this Thursday night game between the Bills and the Chiefs next Thursday could potentially move to a Saturday game, which means will NFL Network still have it? Probably. So that does, I mean, that whole thing business-wise for NFL Network and the NFL will figure it out. But if you're one of these players, do you just have to have the mindset that literally anything could happen, even if we do nothing wrong and it happens somewhere else? If this is the 2020 season. We just got to dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge our way through this damn thing. Absolutely. And, and the, the crazy thing to me is, is everybody's acting like it's a surprise. Like <laughs> we knew that this was going to happen. We're playing the season under these circumstances. We knew that some teams, some players would test positive for COVID. We knew that this was going to happen. Now everybody's shocked that it's going to happen because the first two weeks there was no positive test. Hey, we're on a we're on a good note right now. But we knew that this was coming. That's why we said the practice squad players, other players off the streets are going to be key. It's going to be some guys that make their name this season because of these type of situations. So I'm not surprised that all this is going on. I don't think other people should be surprised. We just have to find a way to deal with it and go out there and figure out a way to play football games. But as for the Tennessee Titans, you mean to tell me I'm in season mode? The building, people in the building test positive for COVID. You just want me to sit on my butt and not do nothing and then come play a football game and possibly get hurt? 
I got to move around. I got to work out. I got to continue to keep myself in shape. So for me on that standpoint, that's stupid. You just want the players to stay at home, not go to a park or whatever and work out to try to keep themselves in shape. But we knew that these COVID problems was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody's surprised. And you can follow along with James Jones on Twitter at 8-9. The number's 8-9. Jones, N-T-A-F. And if I do recall, N-T-A-F there at the end is not just random letters that you had to add on because at 89 Jones is already taken. It's never think about failure, right? Yes, sir. Never think about failure. Great motto. And I wonder, did the NFL think about that with this COVID thing? Did they never (laughs) think about failure, even though you said that none of us are surprised? Because right now, it seems like their mindset is, we are going to try to shuffle games and get these all in. But at some point, I think we all understand there's going to come a time where you're not going to be able to just shuffle and something's going to happen. Do you think there will be an extra week at it, an extra two weeks? Or do you think the shuffle will continue to be something that is a, a successful outcome? for the NFL well that's definitely their mindset right now as you can see their mindset is that we are going to play these football games get through this season no matter what we started this thing we are going to finish this day you can tell that that's their mindset so (laughs) I do I do see maybe possibly the playoffs getting pushed back and, and things like that getting pushed back to try to squeeze these games in there in the end of the season games that you push back or canceled or whatever you know to get in the schedule so I do see that happening pushing back this playoffs because we all know it's football it's violent so you can't have these guys playing on Saturday and then bouncing right back and then playing on a Sunday and then bouncing right back playing on a Thursday if they got a Thursday night. That's a lot of football games on these guys' bodies. So I do see this thing happening and again pushed back into the playoffs. But I definitely feel like we are going to finish this thing out. The, the Chiefs, I think, were going to have three games in 11 days or something like mm-hmm. that. I forget what the exact math was. So if they move from Thursday to Saturday night, that would help them yeah. out immensely so i assume they're like yeah if the titans can continue to go to dough out in the park and move this game maybe we'll get a chance to do that it's just also interesting because the conversation yesterday turned um pretty national you know because whenever you said we weren't surprised that this happened uh about that you're 100 right but there was a lot of people that were very upset that the nfl was going to have a season especially in the middle of the time they're in right now so as soon as they saw a little bit of a weakness potentially in the nfl operating which they hadn't seen for the first seven weeks training camp included plus the first three weeks as soon as they saw oh here we go here's COVID. here's games getting postponed boom 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 they took it as a chance to do a victory lap they're like listen we told them we told them that they weren't going to be able to do this unless they have a bubble so then yesterday the conversation around the you know the networks was is a bubble what should be happening i got five text messages from former teammates of mine that are still in the league that said if you say the word fucking bubble again i will kill you (laughs) so i I don't think the bubble is something that players are into aside from physically logistically with the size and the mass of a team and an operation why else do you think players would hate the bubble idea james I mean, come on now. I mean, you're talking about putting us in a bubble. We can't see our families. We can't hang out. We can't do these things. We can't really live a normal life. Putting us in a bubble, you know what I mean? We already don't like being around our coaches enough. (laughs) In a bubble with these dudes. And then you already know, Pat, when you lose games, how coaches really get on the edge. Man, I'm not trying. 
every day in the dang bubble. I need to go home, get away from you, and do all that stuff. So I do not think a bubble would have been good for the NFL. Yeah, it's good for the NBA. You got 11-day players, whatever, 15-day players on your roster. But you're talking about 55 players. You're talking about if a guy gets hurt, you got to rotate guys in on practice squad and all that. And they got to pass this COVID test and all that and the bubble and all that. That's just too much going on, man. You cannot do a bubble for, for NFL football teams, man. That's just not possible, man. And we want to live our lives, too. Not saying we want to go out there and be reckless, but you want to go home to your family. You want to see your family. You want to see your friends and all that. A bubble, a bubble ain't happening. Well, that was the message that I got <laughs> in a lot shorter words, basically. The, did you hear about J.J. Watt and Bill O'Brien? J.J. said he's not talking about it, obviously. Uh, but yesterday, whenever I heard about the situation, I assume that the team, because it was alleged that, now we don't know if the story is true or not, right? This is all alleged at this point. Uh, been reported by multiple people. JJ said he's not going to talk about it. Let's move forward. The, it was alleged that JJ and the defensive coordinator basically publicly in front of the whole team was like, nah, we're done with your shit, basically. Do you mm-hmm. think the rest of that locker room, as soon as you see JJ Watt turn, you go yeah. like, hey, we've been waiting for you. Like, <laughs> hey, thank you. Like, hey, th- like I-, I think that is kind of what it was. And I would assume Bill O'Brien very quickly noticed, like, oh, I'm probably done being the lead counsel, GM, head coach, and play caller here relatively soon. You know, you know, it's crazy because I didn't even hear the J.J. Watt comment. But, you know, the players that I've been talking to over there in that locker room, in that Texas locker room, said, man, this ain't good. It, it, and you know, and that's that, that's just me keeping it classy on your show, Pat. But they like, man, you know, he not he, he's not he's not getting the job done. So for JJ to stand up and say that, he already had a bunch of players behind his back. Like you're right, it's time to go. <laughs> out of here uh, we've been waiting on this moment you know what i mean i know a couple other leaders will stand up on the team but hey you the main one it's time it's time to get him out of here but they just said that it wasn't working out over there man he he, he was play calling and you know how the structure stuff of, of things was going over there he, he just was not getting the job done so i'm not surprised here jj get up and, and and say that but yeah it was time for bill to go well the interesting thing here is Bill O'Brien started taking on more responsibility as they continued to fail. So he's like, you know what? He kind of ran out of fingers to point at anybody else because the coach can always say, well, the team isn't good enough. We're just coaching who we got. That's a direct shot at the GM. And the GM can say, we have a talented roster. If they're not winning, that's a shot at the coach. And then there's always these things that you can take shots. He ran out of fingers because he started giving himself all these jobs. And now they're at a situation where they have to hire a GM, Jack Easterby or whatever this guy that we've never heard about is acting GM. He'll step down after the season. Okay, I've seen somebody just relieve power before. <laughs> that is something that'll happen. They have to hire a coach. They got Romeo Cornell right now, who's 70, three, 73 three. years old. So he, if, even if he does well, he knows he's. That's a bad situation to be in down there, and you just paid your franchise quarterback. That is not an expected situation. It's not, man. And like you said, you just paid Deshaun Watson. I still feel like they got a lot of talented talented kids over there, especially on the offensive side of the ball, man. They got a talented ball club. I feel like you need to add a couple more pieces on the defense, man, and you'll be up there competing, man, for some championships, man. But now you you eliminate the GM, you eliminate the head coach. Now you got to bring in a new head coach. So Deshaun Watson got to learn a whole new playbook, you know. You got 
you got to teach him all that all that new stuff and all that that may take some time you know what i mean for him to get comfortable with in that new system man but you know the good thing is is like i said whoever comes over there is the gm whoever comes over there that's the head coach i feel like they're coming into a very good situation with a lot of good players and a lot of organizations can't can't say that when you lose a head coach and a gm you usually come in you got bad players you got to rebuild this whole thing at least if you come to the houston texans you're looking at a very talented roster and you're telling yourself dang if we had a couple pieces on this side of the ball we really have a chance to compete so that's the positive thing man you got you got stone pieces in there man in that organization yeah and if you go in there you got to be like man it'd be cool if we had like a top three wide receiver here oh, <laughs> oh that's... gave him up huh oh <laughs> you had one get him the hell out of here get him the hell out of here. Hey, did you hear Aaron Rodgers' quote the other day? I hope you did. It was the yeah. greatest. Uh, how yeah. happy are you that people are getting? Yes. <laughs> how happy are you that people are getting to learn about Aaron Rodgers, though? Because it does feel like the entire world is getting introduced to Aaron Rodgers because his motto, his life motto, as a former teammate and friend of his, is his motto has always been, I'll kill him with indifference. So mm-hmm. people would always come out with just these yeah. stories that are ridiculous about him, and he wouldn't even answer. So he wouldn't yeah. even answer and just be like, I'm not even entertaining that story. Yeah. Because because if he did a couple times, maybe it would change like these yeah. narratives that just build and build and build. It's kind of like a snowball effect that happens. But yeah. now he's coming out. I think he's comfortable. He's at a point in his life where he's like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to be me. And I think the world is getting to meet an awesome yeah. human that is at the top of the game and a goat in this entire thing. Yeah. And it's crazy, man. And the, the thing I'm most proud of is my swag rubbed off on him. So I, <laughs> I used to be in the locker room, man, like, man, F these mother, you know what I mean? Hey, give them what they want. You know what I mean? That's just the type of dude that I am. And, you know, I finally feel like, man, the JJ swag has rubbed off on 12. <laughs> South Bay is what I call him. Has rubbed off on him, man. And he's really giving the people what they want. But at the end of the day, He's absolutely right. He is absolutely right. Absolutely. There's nothing anybody can say. These quarterbacks that they they talk about, man, big time year for him, (laughs) four more year for him. He needs to get paid. Man, these is average years for 12. These is average years for Aaron Rodgers. But then when you come and talk about him, it's like, oh, man, this is a down year for him. Look at his numbers. Look at what he – yeah. But at the end of the day, we understand Aaron Rodgers has set the bar so high for himself. Listen, they're always going to come on him. But I love him barking back and speaking up and saying how he truly feels because it is the absolute truth, man. And my humble opinion, he's the best in the business right now. And it's crazy because I was on NFL Network yesterday and before the season started, it was why didn't the Packers go get a first round receiver or bring some people in there to help Aaron Rodgers and all this. And now that he's balling, D.A. is not there. Devontae Adams is not out there. Uh, uh, um, shoot, MVS is out there. But um, what, what's my Lazard. man? Lazar is out. Yeah, Lazar. Lazar is out. So Aaron Rodgers is going out there with practice squad players. <laughs> if this was any other quarterback, everybody would be like, oh, look at who he has out there. How is he getting the job done? This is crazy. He's doing it with so with less than all these other quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, he doesn't even have his guys out there. But since it's Aaron, oh, man, look at He got guys out there that can run and catch. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why? Because it's Aaron, and Aaron can throw the ball with the best of them and, and throw, th- make everybody better. You know what I mean? Russell Wilson is winning in the MVP conversation right now in everybody's opinion, not mine. I'm taking 12. But could you give Lockett – 
and Greg and, Olson and, and Big Dog to, to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and Greg Olson too. Let's not even and Greg, and Greg Olson over there. Like, like, come on now. You know what I'm saying? So everybody now, the receivers and the weapons don't matter because twelve. You know what I mean? Hey, every receiver is good. Practice squad street. It don't matter. <laughs> every receiver is good when it when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? So it's just crazy. But he set the bar that high. But I'm glad he's coming out and speaking speaking his mind, man. And like I said, I rubbed off on him, man. Game Cali swag. Well, thanks for doing that. I appreciate that. Cali swag is always good to hear publicly, especially when it's coming on this show because I enjoy <laughs> I love hearing stuff like like as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, thank yeah. God you said that. Like, because by the way, I didn't hear one single player, not one player was negative about it. Every player was like, talk your shit. Like, hey, talk your shit. That's everybody's thought. The only people that are upset about it is the people who have probably said bad things about Aaron Rodgers in the past, whether it was about him personally. And they, by the way, they talked about that comment yesterday on every single network. Mm -hmm. And the only negative people were like, well, of course we know that, Aaron. What we're talking about is maybe being humble. It's like, well, you never say anything good about the guy ever. The only time you, and now you're like, well, of course he's great. It's like, why is it? All, why is that all of a sudden. Yeah, why is that in a conversation every other time? And I'm so yeah. thankful for it. And he only looks like he's getting better. I mean, it it looks like he's getting better at this age. It's insane right now. But see, I tell I tell everybody, man, when I talk about Aaron Rodgers, man, and a lot of people get it caught up because you you see him just throwing the football. Aaron Rodgers is a tremendous athlete. Oh, yeah. If you put him on the golf course, he's going to be one of the best golfers. You put him on a basketball court, he's going to be one of the best basketball players. You put him on a badminton court, he's going to be one of the best. He's just Hell a yeah. tremendous athlete, man. Like, he's talented at everything. So when he gets on the field, people underestimate how talented he is. And not just throwing the football, just on the athletic standpoint of it. He's an extremely talented person. I mean, he, he almost reminds us, reminds me of myself. He's extremely talented. <laughs> people need to understand that the dude is talented. Doesn't get talked about enough, James. Doesn't get talked about enough about you or about Aaron. What do you got, Ty? James, going off that idea, Aaron told us a couple weeks ago that he was looking at some film from like 2010. I think it was the year you guys won the Super Bowl and he's gone back to that uh have you noticed anything like in his play when watching him that would kind of like allude to that fact like oh maybe he's doing this different than he did a couple years ago great oh yeah and that's a very good question man but when I watch Aaron Rodgers the last two years uh prior to this one he was getting out of the pocket a lot he was getting out fast, and it wasn't necessarily him not trusting his trusting his old line and all that. He just was moving out of the pocket because he knows he's dangerous out of the pocket. But when Aaron first stepped on the scene, and we all know he was standing in that pocket, he was throwing the ball on time. You know, one, two, three, one, two, three, four. The ball is out. He, stepping up in the pocket, getting the ball out. And when I watch him. Now, this season, he is standing in that pocket. He looks like vintage Aaron Rodgers, MVP Aaron Rodgers. He's standing in that pocket. He's stepping up in the pocket. He's delivering the throws on time right right when, right when the ball needs to be delivered. And when he has to get out of the pocket, he's getting out of the pocket, making the plays. And that's what he was 
that's what he was when he was on them MVP campaigns. He was making every right play. And when you watch Aaron Rodgers through these four weeks, you cannot pick a play right now and say, Dane, that was a bad play by Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> every single game, Aaron is making the right play. But what I see different is he is standing in the pocket. He is on rhythm. One, two, three, the ball's coming out. One, two, three, four, five, the ball's coming out. It's on time to the receivers. And he's picking and choosing when to run, get outside the pocket. He's just doing everything right, man. And I, I told people he's in that Michael Jordan zone, man. He cannot do nothing right, and he doesn't feel like anybody could beat him. And you see him flexing right here. Yeah. He don't feel like oh, anybody yeah. could beat him. He's in a zone. And most of all, you see that picture right there? And I'm going to call him a kid. The kid is having fun. Oh, yeah. He's having fun. He got a smile on his face 24-7. He's just going out there having fun playing football, man. And that's the best thing about it. It is. But, boy, there are there are people, for whatever reason, that are, you know, setting their ways of, of hating Aaron Rodgers for whatever reason. And then because of the drama, whatever drama or story that was concocted that he chose not to answer because that's just the way he is. And all I see now after he comes on every Tuesday is a bunch of people that were like, I hated Aaron Rodgers until I listened to him on your show. It's like, well, maybe that, that meant you. I You should have said, I didn't know Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> exactly. maybe, that's, exactly. maybe that's how you should have phrased that. Yeah. But let's move to another GOAT, shall we? Uh, a lot of people say the GOAT, six Super Bowls. That is... Uh, very difficult to do. I, I think anybody that's ever played in the NFL knows that even if you're a Patriot member, what they were able to accomplish there, nine Super Bowl, six wins, is outstanding. Now, whenever they leave, go to Tampa. Now you got Bill have his, has a team with Cam. Tom's got his Tampa Bay Q Gronkineers. They seem like they've been figuring it out week after week. They started adding the tight ends a little bit more after a little bit of a public uh, difference, I think, in opinion between Bruce Arians and, and Gronk and Tom. And it feels like they're kind of finding the right pieces now to be the team that they're supposed to be as opposed to what they were the first couple weeks they play against old big richard nick Foles tonight on nfl network uh, a network that you work at and crush it on how do you see this game going what do you feel for tonight do you think that chicago bears defense which is still very good at the football is a problem for the tampa bay buccaneers offense which has been hitting and finding a groove you know what? I think this defense of the Bears, Khalil Mack and Big Hicks in the middle, I think they're going to be a big problem for this Tampa Bay defense. Oh, I mean, for this no. Tampa Bay hmm. and, and the reason why I say that is everybody's high on the Buccaneers right now except me. Whoa! And, geez, Let's go. Oh. And, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not high on the Buccaneers right now. And the reason why that being said, man, is you, you play the New Orleans Saints, you open up, you look absolute garbage. Yes, everybody says, hey, the chemistry, the communication, and all that was not there. You looked absolutely garbage. And then, hey, the schedule was in your favor. You got the Panthers coming in town. You got the Chargers coming in town. I forget who else they beat, but I'm sure that they weren't a very good football team either. You know, your, your schedule was very favorable for you. So, for me, this is a big test for this Tampa Bay offense because this Bears defense is big time and you're bringing you're coming into their building and you got to play football at a high level. I do not think Tom Brady and these Bucks are going to get the job done tonight. I, I love the Bears. I love the Bears in this game. And everybody's been on me because I'm like, man, Tom Brady has lost it a little bit. You know what I mean? And they're like, what are you talking about? And this and that. And I'm like, man, listen, in six out of Tom's last starts, he got four pick sixes. You know what I'm saying? This season through four weeks, his stats are the exact same stats as Jameis Winston last year. Oh. Jameis Winston has more yards. Tom Brady has one more touchdown than Jameis Winston, and he has 
one less interception than Jameis Winston. Oh, you man. know what I mean? But everybody with Jameis Winston was so bad last year, but the stats are identical. And then when you really look at it, the defense last year after four weeks with Jameis Winston Terrible. was ranked 30th. The defense after four weeks with Tom is ranked eighth. You know what I mean? So they're making the plays and they're stopping people when they got to get stops and they're winning ball games. But the stats are identical, you know what I mean, to, to Jameis Winston. So I'm still not a believer in this Bucks offense and this Bucks team. They got to show me tonight. James, I did not expect that. I did not expect that because everybody's talking about how Tom's throwing the deep ball better than he's ever passes uh, longer than 15 yards. He's got the most in the NFL at this point, which is that Bruce Arians offense and all that. Yeah. And you're like, nope, nope, complete opposite. Actually, I'm this guy's losing his shit right now. Yep. Really? Wow. I feel like I feel like the teams they play the look even even yet yeah, he dominated the second half last week. The first half of that game last week, they looked absolutely disgusting. If the Chargers do not fumble that ball, if they do not fumble that ball, you're going down at halftime 3 nothing. You do not get the ball back on the five-yard line. You're going down three scores in, in that. That was a big play for them in that game. Don't No disrespect to Tom. He came out in the second half and he said, y'all about to get it now. Touchdowns. And you know what I mean? Get on up out of here. But I feel like you're going up against a very good defense tonight. These last three weeks, you have not been playing good football teams. So you can make those mistakes. You can throw those pick sixes. You can bounce back and win ball games. I don't think you could do that tonight. I like the Bears, and I'm not a believer in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And everybody could tweet me. You done gave them all my – you done gave them all my <laughs> – I'm not shying away from nobody. This is just how I feel. Well, uh, let's talk about tonight because it is primetime game. And when you think of Khalil Mack, you think of a primetime – like they, they make plays in primetime. That is why – People elevate themselves from being a good NFL player to a great NFL player. Normally, that leap comes whenever prime time is on, when the lights come out. Dwight Freeney told me that very, very young in my career. I, I don't know if he told me that or was telling somebody else that, and I overheard him say it. But every prime time game we were in, Dwight Freeney had a sack or two that night. It was just like, hey, when the lights come on, the stars come out. That, that was kind of like the mindset. In that defense, Khalil Mack is a superstar, and he can wreck a game if he wants to. I'm intrigued. So you... You like the Bears plus three and a half rather heavily tonight, then, is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. My, my, my prediction of the score is 31-17 yesterday oh, on NFL Network. Oh, my. They make it rough and tough on this Tampa Bay offense tonight, man. Khalil Mack, like I said, he is coming off the edge. But not only that, he has a counterpartner in Big Hicks that's going to be pushing up that middle, collapsing that pocket. We all know mm -hmm. how Brady struggles is when that pocket is getting collapsed in the middle of the O-line, and they are coming tonight. I like the Bears big. I could be wrong. I don't think I'm going to be wrong, but I could be wrong. But I like the Bears big in this game, man. 31-17 Chicago Bears. And listen, Pat, you know, I played in the, for the Green Bay Packers. I don't root for the Bears. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I, don't, I don't like the Bears like that, man. So every time I say the Bears going to win, man, I feel like my, my, my skin cringes man yeah. i'm like man what's going on but the bears gonna take this on the night man and if they don't win and tom brady goes out there and he balls out hey you proved me wrong tom you know what i mean but i don't think it's gonna happen well ntaf never think about failure but i'm praying for yours because i already bet the buccaneers minus three and a half ladies and gentlemen a superstar on nfl network super bowl champ follow him at 89 jones ntaf ladies and gentlemen james jones. He, Appreciate it, fellas. Hey, thank you, man.
So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that I understand it's always hard to get the proper nutrition into your body. Whether you are on the go, whether you're working, or maybe you're just lazy and don't really think about it. Finally, a company has come along and made a one-scoop supplement to make your life easier. And that, my friends is Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is a one-stop shop for everything that your body could possibly fucking need from a nutritional standpoint. One clean scoop, you get everything. 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 I'm a big fan of Athletic Greens. I've uh, never really been the type that took care of myself. Um, a rather notorious poor eater. People have heard stories now about being a poor drinker. And my liver uh, is hanging on by a thread even at the age of 33 because of what I did to myself in my younger years. But now, this entire office has kind of turned a corner. I have turned a corner on this whole health run that we have decided to do. And the one thing that saved us all a lot of times and a lot of thought is one clean scoop of Athletic Greens. The travel packs are also a lifesaver. You need to get going right now. You need to get this into your daily routine because your nutritional needs have to be met during this football season because everybody knows fall is the season when football fans become the most unhealthy motherfuckers walking this earth. Ain't that right? That is exactly right. You get fat. You get lazy. You lose energy for some reason. Oh, why am I losing energy? Oh, probably because what you're feeding your body is a bunch of shit. This is a conversation I have to have with myself every morning so I don't get as fat as I once was as a la last fall when I was up to 270 pounds. Well, you look great. I am unfortunately falling into that. So, you know. The good news for you is Athletic Greens is here to be a one scoop a day fill for everything your body could possibly need, Ty Schmidt. Couldn't be happier. Right now, you can get 20 free travel packs, which is each one is equivalent to one scoop, which is a value of $79. With your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com forward slash pat. You get 20 free travel packs, which is 20 days of awesome shit from Athletic Greens, which is valued at $79 for free when you go to athleticgreens.com forward slash pat. Respect your body. Appreciate your body. It's time to fill it up right. Athletic Greens have all the good shit for you. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash pat for 20 free travel packs and more. You will enjoy this. You will be pleased by the amount of convenience. Not everybody will be able to change their daily routine and get this in there. But those of us who do will be incredibly happy for it. I feel like I have more energy. My skin's starting to shine a little bit more, which I'm very thankful for. And even the hair's grown in a little thicker. I mean, things feel good. I don't know if that's part of the Athletic Greens or maybe it's just the lighting in the bathroom when I look at it. Anyways, athleticgreens.com forward slash pack. Get to it. Back to the show. Darius Butler will be joining us here in a matter of moments. I believe we're calling him right now. He will be giving us his lock for tonight's Thursday night football game between the Buccaneers and the Bears. Will Tom Brady have over or under a certain amount of passing yards? Or will it be Richard, Big Richard, Nick Foles' over under passing yards that he likes? Ladies and gentlemen, a man who played DB in the NFL for nine years, host of the Man to Man podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Yeah! What's up, fellas? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you over there. Uh, you're down in the studio. I like that a lot. I, yeah. Yeah, I see you got old Jim Rome on in the background. Appreciate that. That means. 
Jeez. It's a bunch of bunch of cats on yeah. those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah. Yeah, no big deal. Jim Rome, legend in our eyes as well. We'd be watching him if we weren't doing our show. <laughs> Not telling others to do so. If you like watching the show, fuck it. Stay here. But the um, <laughs> D-Butt tonight, Thursday night football. Obviously, you've been hot. You've only got one wrong, and it was for Darnold last week, and he covered by a yard and a half in uh, kind of late, and then they ran the ball the entire time. Tonight, Tom Brady, the GOAT, takes on Big Richard Nick Foles. How do you see this one playing out in the pass game for both of these teams? Man, you know what? I like uh, I like Tom tonight. Okay. I like Tom tonight, especially uh, going up against Foles because, you know, he, he's you know, he's real chapped in the ass from what happened in the Super Bowl. Oh, still, yeah. you know, oh. the old Mel already start, but – his weapons are banged up, man. His weapons are banged up. If Mike Evans can go tonight, he'll be a game-time decision pretty much. Got that pregame workout. If he can go, I'm taking it over for sure. But if he's not out there, I got to go with the under. So it's kind of – it's here. So I don't know. What is that, a hammer? Is that still a hammer? No, it's not a hammer. What are you, that's uh, that's what a that? – well, I mean, that's what it got to be real, man, because very tough hammer. defense. The only way it gets over 260, I think, is what uh, Mike Evans out there. Mike Evans, he, 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 he thugged it out through that uh, ankle injury last week. Went out there and ball, but uh, without him, I, I don't think they hit over the 260. So it's a tentative hammer, more so a lean tentative. right now at this at this <laughs> point. But we will not bring out the hammer to hammer that one. The thing about Mike Evans, I think there's no way he plays. Now, I might, nope. I don't think so. Did you watch him last week? And I assumed that they were just going to make his whole ankle numb. But that's hard to do because you got a lot of weight on there. Whenever, yeah. whenever he came back out, it looked very, I don't want to say lame, but that's a way to describe a bum wheel there. He looked lame on that thing on a very regular. And just, what, four days later? At that point, I assume he had some sort of anti-inflammatory in his system. He had a bunch of, obviously, the emotion of the game and uh, adrenaline, adrenaline yeah. and everything like that. I mm-hmm. just assume with four days there's no way it with how he looked but mike evans is superman like maybe the guys maybe the ankle just says no nah, yeah, we're I, fucking I, cool i didn't I, I was i was with you i didn't think he would even finish last game but for him to even be going out there and doing a, a pre-game workout lets me know that he's he's close at least so um with the other guys banged up i i, I know he feels like that i gotta be out there for my guy because um you know god was out Fournette's out, Shady's out. You know they lost OJ Howard for the season, so uh, I mean they're they're they're, they're pretty good. Uh, it's going to be a tough division to win, obviously. So I think he's going to do everything possible to have a better plan. I think medication-wise, going into it because now you kind of have a plan going into it as opposed to trying to figure something out and just get him back out there as soon as possible. Um, so I, I'm pulling for him to go tonight, man. I think even I think it would have even been close and him even giving it a try. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for him. Okay, so a. Whatever he is to pass, 70, 80, 65% with Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady over there, 262.5 against his Bears defense. Uh, James Jones, former wide receiver for the Packers, he came on here and was saying a bunch of things that I did not expect him to say. <laughs> yeah. He was talking about – those Bears. Did, yeah, did you hear that? He loves the Bears tonight. He thinks they win by 14, 31-17. He also thinks that that defense, Chicago Bears defense, in prime time, getting a chance to put on a show, they got some big-name marquee players over there. He thinks that they're going to give Tom Brady massive amounts of problems tonight. Do you see it the same way, or what do I you? I mean, Tom, you know, he's got he's got a young tackle out there. He's got a young tackle out there. He did a pretty good job against Bosa last week, but um, you know that Khalil Mack is he's he's a he's a he's a beast. So um, you got Kyle Fuller. You got you got definitely got playmakers. You got old Chucky P calling the shots over there on the defensive side of the ball. But um, on a short week, 
you know, Foles going into his – I'm still taking Brady to win the game. Brady's undefeated in Thursday night football, I think 7-0. and So I'm riding, I'm riding with the old man to win the game. I definitely – even if the Bears do edge it, I definitely don't think they win by two scores. But um, the Bucks are banged up, and if, if Mike Evans isn't out there, that now now you can kind of talk about that. But like I said, I think Mike Evans is going to go. Uh, but uh, we'll see. But uh, Jay, he he sounds confident. He almost he almost got me over there. Hey. <laughs> I'm still going with the Bucks. I'm going with the Bucks. Hey, meets. I already placed my bet earlier this morning while I was taking my morning grumpy on the Bucks, and then I heard him talking. I was like, man, this some bitch making some points here. <laughs> what are you? What's the spread right now? Three and a yeah. half. Three and a half. Okay. Yeah. Bears way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's five and a half earlier uh. in the week. Yeah, this is going to be very interesting. I mean, depending upon way. Bears' way, Bears are not favored. No, the Bears are getting three and a half points, though. Okay. Yeah, so they're, okay. they are not favored. They're underdog. But it, let's talk about that defense you just talked about with Julio Mack and them in Chicago. Chuck Pagano is our defense coordinator, a guy you and I yep. both know very well. What is he saying on a short week going against Tom Brady? In his, what do you think Chuck Pagano's message to the Chicago Bears defense is? Getting after the quarterback, first and foremost, up, up in the middle of the pocket. That's how you affect the Brady. That's the only way you can affect him is getting uh, penetration up in the middle of the pocket. And um, his name is slipping my mind right now, but uh, 96 for the Bears does a great job of that. Obviously, Khalil Mack, he doesn't have a bunch of sacks this year, but he's still getting after the uh, passer at a very, very high rate. I think he's like third or fourth as far as pressures. And that defense as a whole, they're top three with the passer rating versus quarterbacks. So uh, versus quarterbacks this year. So, that, that's the only way you affect Tom is getting pressure in the middle, having tight coverage. Um, Kyle Fuller is actually one of the better corners in this league, but he tends to play a lot of off, and I think that's good for him. That would be a good, uh, good matchup for him if he's out Evans. But um, young boy Jalen Johnson has been balling this year. He's been playing um, above his draft status, I think, playing like a first-rounder. Um, so they got all the pieces. Uh, I, I still think Tom you know, gets the edge, but you know, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck's got his players over there. He's got his scheme. And uh, he, he's, he's calling a hell of a defense this year. So they definitely got a chance. I just don't think their offense is, uh, is good enough to put those points up. I talked on numerous occasions with Chuck, uh, whether it was in the building and we both had nothing going on at the time or away from yeah. the building. And I asked him about being a head coach. And he said, <laughs> I, he said the thing he doesn't like is he doesn't get to like coach much anymore, right? Because the defensive coordinator takes over the defense. You have each individual positional group, and then the offense coordinator and the all entire offense. He, mm-hmm. he, I think he missed like the being in the meeting, the working down on like being able to spend the time on working on technique with somebody or giving them a mindset. At the end of his head coaching career, though, if I do recall, when he was with the Colts, he started doing that a little bit more. And I think it was in the DB room. He, he started like coming in and maybe coaching a little bit more. Am I wrong in saying that, or is? Yeah. Yeah, he definitely did, and I had those same conversations with him uh, because uh, Chuck is a, he's a, he's been a secondary guy his whole career, and then uh, you know going over obviously having great success success with the Baltimore defense, and then coming over to the Colts and kind of revamping you know Colts was traditionally four three kind of a cover two type defense, and he just kind of you know t- trying to turn over a roster and figure all that out, and like you said, not being as hands on. He, he missed it a lot. He was like, man, I'm tired of picking out, you know, what, what food we have at the hotel. I want to call defense. And so, you know, now that he's out there and he has the roster intact, like he, he came into a, a, a locker room with a, a great defense intact. So um, I feel like he's he's in his happy place right now. And, and they're playing like it. They're playing well. Um, I'm happy for him. You know, he's healthy. He's feeling good. I talked to him a few weeks ago. But um, 
I'm, I'm excited to watch those guys play. I, you know, it, it'll be a good game, but uh, I'm still going with those. Yeah, yeah. But I, I was wondering if you were going to talk yourself out of it there while you're doing <laughs> it. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to let James Jones. I'm not going to let Chucky P. I'm not. I'm sticking with it. Uh, here's an update from Rick Strahd, our guy Uh-oh. down at the Tampa Bay. Uh, Bucks are expecting wide receiver Scotty Miller hip and groin to play, which is big for Tom. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty optimistic that wide receiver Mike Evans' ankle will go as well, both listed as questionable. Evans hasn't run, but will test it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, <laughs> what if what if Scotty Miller's in and not Mike Evans? Still not a hammer? Uh, no, still not a hammer. I mean, Scotty, you know, you're under. You are underestimating Scotty. I love Scotty. No, Scotty needs Mike Evans. Scotty can't be the guy. He can't be the top guy. Like, Whoa. come on now. And I'm not trotting Scotty Miller out there. That's the hammer. Not my <laughs> chance. Well, it's not like Scotty doesn't know, okay? Scotty knows that he needs other people out there. Um, let's talk about the DB uh, community, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would assume that the defensive back community has felt a particular way for a long time, okay? I would assume that a lot of DBs, uh, if they're being asked to play a lot of plays because the offense is either turning the ball over quickly or playing a style of offense that doesn't eat up a lot of the clock or whatever, and you're being asked to put on the field uh, for 70 plays, let's say 70 plays, okay? That's, that'll be the <laughs> random number that I just threw out. It'll be 70 plays. The number? I assume, yeah. hearing that number a lot? Yeah, just 70 <laughs> plays. I would assume that there has been 90% of defensive backs who at one point in their mind have thought, I don't know how y'all motherfuckers want us to run with these wide receivers at full speed reacting to people. We don't know where they're going. It is going to be tiring for us. We have to run all over the field. I don't know how you guys expect us to do it for 70 plays, but hey, we'll do it, right? We get to be here. We don't have to be here. I assume that thought has crossed 90% of defensive backs' minds at some point or another whenever they were being told that they're not playing up to the par that they should be. I would assume that has happened. Xavier Woods. Dallas Cowboys safety, who was drafted in the sixth round and has started a bunch of games, so he's not like he's a late. This is a this is a go getter, a man who was he, he's outplayed his draft score and everything like that. He mm-hmm. comes out this morning and basically says, uh, "It's the NFL. You can't expect guys to go full speed for seventy plays. It's just not possible, right?" And the immediate reaction is obviously like, "Oh, shut the fuck up. You can't say that." But I would assume this is something that a lot of people have thought, just have never said out loud. Being a guy who's been in the NFL and in the secondary for nine years and now. Is basically running the best secondary podcast I've ever heard in the Man to Man podcast. Hey, is this hey. is this a normal is this a normal thought? Just not something you you, you say know, you say it in your inside you voice. Out loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know that's the conversation amongst DBs, amongst other football players, maybe. But you can't have that conversation out loud. You damn sure can't do it in a press conference after giving up <laughs> a thousand yards against the Browns. Um, so what he was saying, I think, has definitely been taken out of context. Um, he said. Thing to quote him, he said, full speed. You can't go full speed for 70 plays, which is true. It's impossible. So the offense, you know, D linemen, receivers, running backs, you know, those guys can all, you know, hit the helmet a couple of times and get a breather here and there. DBs, you know, we don't come off the field. Corners, safeties, you don't come off the field. So you're playing however many snaps straight. And um, you do kind of have to pace yourself. Now, you can't loaf. You still give full effort. But to expect somebody, you know, every play, you know, to just run full speed, you'll be dead after, you know, the second quarter if you make it that far. So um, I understood what he was saying. Just not the time. Damn sure not the place. Uh, but I understood what he was saying. Uh, effort, and to talk about the Cowboys real quick, the effort is probably third or fourth 
on that list that they should be worried about. It's really communication, knowing what the hell they're doing. Um, that was their biggest issue. That's been their biggest issue this year. It's not effort. I think their effort is pretty much on par with the rest of the NFL. I think the other things is what they really need to focus on. So what you're saying is people are probably saying right now that, well, that's why you guys are losing because you can't give effort on every play. It's like, well, that happens everywhere. But exactly, if, yes. if he elaborates on that, by the way, probably a great answer like what you just did there. That would have been one of the greatest press conference answers maybe yeah. in the history of secondary. Yeah. If he just says, imagine if that guy asked that question and he says that. And he goes, well, it's just in the secondary. I don't know if you know this guy that writes things on your little fucking thing there, but we never get a break. Okay, we're in every mm-hmm. single. So we got to figure out we're like soccer players back there who have to be more athletic than everybody else. We never come off the field. So we have to pace ourselves. So asking us to go full speed 70 plays is something that just doesn't happen anywhere, let alone in this particular place. But we do understand that we have to get better in a couple other things. Like that answer would have been oh. The greatest yeah, answer of all it, time. It's, it's, it is what it is. You got you to gotta understand that. And some offense used, used to actually just trot, you know, bums out there to just run a couple go routes <laughs> and just tire out a good corner. That's smart. And then you bring you bring old Scotty Miller in the game. Oh, yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah, you were going to say so. they bring Scotty in the trot, but you you held back because you respect the Scotty Miller. Respect. I respect the guy. He's playing through a hip growing. Tough guy. Oh. Big Scotty guy. Okay, so we got a lockdown corner over here. All right. What are we going to do? Well, we'll bring in four tight ends, one running back, and then we'll just put one out wide that that person has to cover. And it'll be, hey, McAfee, can you give one go route? Yep. <laughs> All right. We'll just get it. Hey, over. They'll put, no, they'll put like a, a Matt Slater out there who oh. you know is just going to kick ass all day on special teams. But, yeah, go out there and run a 4-3 a couple times. Let's tire out old Xavier Woods back there. Oh, Jeez. man, that is so smart. And that's a game that's happening that nobody even talks about. And I would never even think of it. Oh, a little game. Love it, by the way. I like that a lot. What's up, oh, yeah. Question for both of you. You, if you were a team and you have the reigning NFL MVP quarterback and he he runs a good bit and he just missed his second day of practice with a uh, knee injury, would that be worrisome for you, to you guys? Because Lamar Jackson just missed his second day of practice. Okay, so it just came out that he's missed his second practice here. They said if it was for precautionary reasons, and maybe they are just precautionary, you know, holding him back, getting him as much rehab as possible. But I guess we have to find out what they do with him on game day. If, if game day comes out of these questionable or something, then we know that they're lying. That's not precautionary reasons. But, yes, whenever <laughs> his mobility is a massive part of his game, which they find out yeah. – I mean, this is a big deal. This is a rather large deal for the Baltimore Ravens, I think. But we don't know what it is yet. We don't know what it is. Yeah, I see. I, I feel the same way. Um Precautionary, I'm not buying that. Um, it's definitely an injury there, obviously, or it would be out there. Because quarterbacks, reps, 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 they're, they're, you need reps, all the, as many as you can get. And uh, the style of play, just like Pat said, the style of play that he plays, if his knee's banged up in week five and we're already, you know, he's missing a couple of days of practice, like, because Wednesday, Thursday, like, those are the big days. Like, those are the, the, that's where you put the most of your work in as far as practice goes. So I would definitely be concerned if, if I'm his teammate and if I'm playing against him. You know, I want to know which knee. Whoa! I'm not going to give you bullshit answers. <laughs> and that is obviously because if it's his left knee, well, he's probably going to run to the right because he's be cutting off his right leg more. That's why you meant that, right? That is that is. No, right. I want to know which one to hit. Oh! <laughs> I didn't. I thought you meant because of, like, cutting. No, I mean, but that, that's a part of it, though. You're like, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I want you to come in there and be like, hey, you know, Scott report. I mean, you know, injury report. You know, Lamar Jackson has got a left knee this week. <laughs> got a left knee this week. Just, you know, just making sure guys know. So, um, it's on that coach. It's on, them. it's on them to protect him. Once he's out there, he's out there. So, um, you know, we're just doing our job. That makes me think of the incredible story 
and I think it was against the Atlanta Falcons on Do Your Job, the documentary. It was either Belichick or somebody else. Uh, I forget, maybe, who was the defense coordinator? I don't, forget who it was. Somebody in the Do Your Job documentary said, we were noticing something about Julio Jones when he was cutting routes to his left. We thought something was maybe wrong with his foot or something like that. And they like watched the film and they're like, he has a hurt foot. So they thought there was no way he would run certain routes or something like that because he would run them differently. And as soon as yep. I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, see, like everybody talks about the deflated ball and all that shit, but that, <laughs> that right there is is why the Patriots are the Patriots Next right there. Level. Like that type of stuff. Yeah. Injuries are a big deal. Because if somebody can't huge do deal. it's a huge deal. And that's why at the end of the season, if you're healthy, you have a great shot at going somewhere. And if not, you do not. Last question before I let you go, D-Button. I can't thank you enough for joining us here on this Thanks Thursday, October 8th. Um, the Titans have another positive case, okay? Uh, their game against the Bills is probably going to get delayed to Monday or Tuesday if no other positives come back. Then the Thursday night game next week of the Bills and the Chiefs would have to move until Saturday night, which would be awesome for everybody. But how long do you think they can continue to do this? It feels like it's inevitable that they're going to have to add a week at the end of the season to kind of make up some of these games that are going to happen. Yeah, man, I think um... – you know, a lot of us were skeptical coming into the into the season. You know, they did great in training camp. Uh, but as you know, once training camp's over, you know, people living their normal lives. Uh, well, more than that, the more than they are in training camp. But um, these tests, man, they keep popping up. And I don't know if they, they're probably going to have to forfeit. And I will be pissed off if this game is forfeited and I'm not getting paid, especially if I'm the other team. Oh, yeah. If I'm them on the Titans. And we got to miss a game, and they got to get pushed back, or this, that, and the third. Because at some point, I don't, I don't know if they can add, you know, if they can add games at the end and all that. I don't, I don't know if that'll happen. But I saw you, you said possibly some breaking news coming from the commission. That happened yet? Did they say that? No, I'm saying or that's that going to come next week. That's mm-hmm. going to happen next week. I think it was, it was, okay. uh, yeah, it was a little future breaking news that I'm predicting. That, <laughs> uh, okay. They're going to okay. happen. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. They should have shortened the season coming into it, man. They kind of blew it, shortened it, spread it out for these cases. Um, because now I just feel like we, I hope, I hope, I know you're a positive thinking guy. I know you're very optimistic, but I just hope this isn't the tip of the iceberg. Oh, I'm just hoping. Yeah. I'm not saying it is. All right. I'm hoping it's not. Man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, a man who has been very hot with his hammer tonight is a tentative hammer on the Tom Brady over <laughs> if, if Mike Evans plays. Ladies and gentlemen, the host of the Man to Man pod, Darius Butler. Thank you, D-Butt. So sorry to interrupt once again, but I want to talk to you about your sleep at night. How are you sleeping? Probably not great. Mm. Is it rest or are you recharging? Is your brain running circles or is there existential dread potentially keeping you up at night? Well, everyone talks about how important it is to get a good night's rest, but it's impossible. It's damn near impossible to get that done on a regular basis. That's why the folks at CBDMD created CBDPM to help you get the rest you deserve and feel your best every single morning. CBDPM blends 500 milligrams of superior CBD, not that horse shit CBD that you see everywhere else. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of different brands of CBD right now, and there's a lot of horse shit CBD out there. Oh, yeah. Gas station CBDMD CBD. has superior CBD. And with CBDPM, they blend 500 milligrams of that with sleep-promoting ingredients like melatonin, valerian root, and chamomile to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. So whether you're up late with the kids, pets, or existential dread, like we talked about earlier, you can turn to CBDPM and get the rest you need to handle anything that comes your way. You put this little dropper thing under your your tongue. Mm -hmm. You let it sit there for like 
25 seconds, 30 seconds. Has a mint flavor to it. It actually tastes pretty good. Then about 27 minutes to 30 minutes after that, you're out. Deep sleep, well recharged, and in the morning, not only did you get the CBD effects on your body, so it makes you feel better, mm -hmm. but also the chamomile, valerian root, and all the other things that they put in there to make you sleep better. It makes you feel as if you just got the best sleep of your entire life. And to make it even easier, even easier to try CBD PM or any of the CBD MD premium oil products, listeners of this show are getting 25% off your next order when you use the promo code McAfee at checkout. That's CBDMD.com, promo code McAfee, M-C-A-F-E-E, -E, for 25% off your purchase of high-quality CBD oil products from CBDMD. They got some gummies there that make your body feel better. They got some joint cream that you can rub on mm -hmm. top cbdmd has made me feel better made me sleep better and i appreciate the hell out of their partnership with us cbdmd.com promo code m-c-a-f-e-e -E, that's mcafee by the way for 25 percent off your purchase of high quality cbd oil products from cbdmd let's get back to the show we're being joined right now by a man i'm not sure how many of these humans exist I bet you he could probably tell us. He was a national champion in college football with The Ohio State. He was a Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers. And he retired Kirk Herbstreit at the age of 12. Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. Bingo. I mean, I wouldn't say age of 12. I think I was 14 huh. when I had to scrimmage against Kirk Herbstreit. Well, so you get it. You didn't have any hair on your face at all, and you broke Kirk Herbstreit's jaw because he's a stupid TV guy that tried to try you as I was 30 years old. Isn't that right? Uh, no, I mean, yeah. sure. In your mind, yes, yeah. that is your truth. That, what is that? I wasn't there. I just heard the story from others that yeah. were there, and I was told that exact quote right there, including from the guy that got his jaw broken by said 14-year-old Crimson Chin, who was in full pads playing against an adult man who was Mr. TV guy in his eyes. Yeah, you know, like, guess what Kirk was trying to do? Kirk was trying to break my jaw. So, oh. okay. Kirk hates kids? Kirk hates no. kids? Is that what you're saying right now? When you're scrimmaging against a bunch of 30-year-olds and you're 14, 15-year-olds, guess what you're doing? Like, who has like who has the upper hand? The old established gentleman, I think. I think everybody's losers in that situation. But let's talk about <laughs> Darius Butler just said. <laughs> uh, it'd be hard to get me as a 33-year-old to go play against some high school kids. Yeah. Uh, you got extra you get one little kid to pop off, it'd be very difficult not to just, uh, are you... Am I supposed to hit this kid? What, it's like the beginning of that uh, Cobra Kai show. Yeah. Oh. The reason why I had a problem with it is because the uh, the guy that lost to uh, Karate Kid, whatever, Johnny Lawrence, yep. him, yeah, he beats up a bunch of high school kids. And like the first scene, they're like, this is to prove that he still got her. I'm like, he just beat up a bunch of high school kids. Well, the high school kids were terrible. I mean, let's not get mistaken. Oh, they were beating up another little kid. He was he was helping them out. Yeah, <laughs> but you saved the kid. You don't have to beat. I, I don't know. Very. And now you're sticking. He, they were trying to paint the picture that he was a bad guy. And there's Nick. Like, you're oh, telling me you guy. never wanted to punch a teenager right in the mouth? <laughs> I don't interact with teenagers enough to know whether or not I want to punch them in the mouth, but you I would do. assume that if I was around them on a regular basis, I would, uh, and that's why I'd keep myself away from those situations. I just don't. Anyways, way to go with Kirk Herbstreit. Did you hear <laughs> Darius Butler earlier, and we got Tom Curran, NBC Sports Boston, joining us here in like a moment or two, but I want to get your take on this really quickly before we get to Tom. Darius Butler, last hour, we told him Lamar Jackson was out for two days now, two consecutive days with a knee injury that was precautionary, blah, blah, blah. Darius said, uh, if I was playing against the Ravens, I would definitely be like, okay, uh, is this precautionary? Is he hurt? And then I would also want to know which knee is potentially injured. And he, he said, you know, obviously uh, not because of him cutting. It's like, no, I would like to know which knee is potentially <laughs> a weak spot on Lamar Jackson. That is a very common thought, I'd assume, around NFL defenses, yeah? 
Yeah, I think so. Same thing. If someone rolls an ankle and they want to get like the right ankle spatted, a lot of times the trainers just do both. So people don't really know which ankle it is. Oh, because Ooh. if you show any weakness, it's going to be attacked. It can't be a target. You basically become a big target. That's why Big Ben, it's been been said that he puts a walking boot on the foot that isn't hurt. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he actually just wears a shoe on the other one, you know, just to <laughs> kind of keep everybody guessing. You know what I mean, AJ? It's a smart move. I give Ben credit. That's why he has such longevity in the league. Ladies and gentlemen joining us, why would you try to hurt them? Yeah, is that why? Because if their ankles hurt, uh, I like- You want to know. I think I heard you say something to Darius, didn't you, about how they were watching like Julio. They said he can't cut a certain way, like depending on how he was hurt. I think that's more of, of what you want to know. Okay. Well, didn't, that's not what it sounded like. I'd like it to be known, but I assume that's what he meant as well. There's a lot of pieces that go into it. The game's complicated. So are humans. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> joining us now is a man who works for NBC Sports Boston. He's a New England Patriot uh, genius, I guess. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. A lightning yeah, wrong. Yeah. An electric human being. The last time he was on the show, he wanted to cradle Boston Connor's face and let him know that this is potentially going to be a rough, rough year for the New England Patriots after what he saw in training camp. It has turned out to be a little bit different, even though two of their best players currently have COVID. We'll get his thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom E. Curry. Yeah! Yeah! Hey! Hey! Is that AJ? Yeah. <sighs> nice. What's up, Tom? <laughs> Hey, uh, one really interesting thing on that Darius Butler thing, and I think you just mentioned it with Julio Jones. When you watch that Do Your Job documentary the Patriots had after they won the Super Bowl playing Atlanta, they were all keyed in on which ankle it was that he had injured because of his inability to cut one way or the other on his routes. So I think that's part of it, too. Yeah, maybe they might give it a little extra twist, but I think that these guys, at least Darius, who was with the Patriots, you might want to go to school on where he can and can't really cut. Yeah, and I, by the way, Tom, I know you weren't watching the show, but I immediately went to that reference because the Do Your Job document, yeah, immediately, because the Do Your Job documentary made me automatically go, oh, everybody always says the deflated ball, the this, the that, but that particular moment right there is like that is why the Patriots are the Patriots and let's talk about that being why the Patriots are the Patriots coming into this season you were on a lake okay there was boats I think you had two pontoons out there you're about ready to have a yep you still are okay still at the lake house you were about to have a weekend I think you had a tank top on I mean you were like hey listen Boston Connor I'm sorry, bud. After watching training camp, this team stinks. You actually said there's no cavalry coming over the hill in October if they start slow. They have not started slow. Have you changed your thoughts on this team, how great they're going to be? And obviously this has been surprising. Why do you think they've shocked you so much? Yeah, I don't remember any of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they've stunned me. Uh, And I – Sometimes you want to chalk it up to the other teams not playing well and saying, well, the Patriots are just more prepared. There's no reason for them to have eight opt-outs, including Chung and Hightower, um, and to have all those guys additionally along the offensive line. There's unbelievable turnover in the offensive line, and they're still churning out 200-plus games on the ground. Cam Newton has been everything you could possibly want as a leader. And you're not going to find a bigger Brady fan, and I'm sure you guys are in the same boat, Boston Connor is too, than I am. But I think that uh, new broom sweeps clean feeling is, is, is present here. And they're building towards something as opposed to being like, well, let's see what we can get out of this one more year with Tom and, and see how it goes. So all of those things are working in their favor except for the virus. Tom, you say they're building towards something, but you would you call it a, a rebuilding process? Oh, 100%. Yeah, it is 100% a rebuilding process. And from what we saw the other day, AJ, certainly I think Cam Newton has 
given them a stay of, or at least a, a temporary postponement of having to face the quarterback situation and really the wide receiver situation too, because he's changed the equation offensively. So there's 11 on 11 and it doesn't really highlight some of the shortcomings they have, but I do think it's a rebuilding situation. They are answering the bell this year in a lot of key positions that are rebuilding, but they're still going to have that hanging out there at the quarterback spot. Who is it going to be? And if Cam can't go, we're going to get a glimpse on Sunday, if they play the game, as to what their plan was. And we saw what their plan was on Monday. It's either Hoyer or Stidham. There was nothing else when I talked about the Cavalry, Connor. I mean, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable to watch. It was a kind of uncomfortable to watch, and I think a lot of people kind of chalked it up. By the way, when you said that, so Boston, it was awesome. It was, <laughs> it was just so awesome. Potentially chalked it up to having to travel day of game. You're out your best player. You're out your blah, 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 and all that stuff. But what you're saying is what you noticed was there isn't a lot of depth in a lot of different positions here, and this could get ugly fast, and winning cures all. And if you say it's a rebuilding season, are they rebuilding for a different future without Cam Newton, you think? Or it feels like from the outside looking in everybody in the new england patriots world wants cam newton to stick around i'd assume at this point yeah i would think so i mean again everything's changed it's fluid i think if you're going to get the same returns of a third from a 33 year old cam newton that you're getting from a 32 year old cam newton you'd say yeah this is great let's go ahead and do it oh. so that's where the situation is fluid if he gets injured we had which he has been prone to do in the past what's it look like how does the team look how does that wide receiver core look which is dealing with a banged up julian edelman right now and developing Nikhil harry and that's about it the tight end group still is virtually non-existent so it is a rebuild i'm not saying that i don't think it's going to be gone long the possibility exists that he plays on sunday is my feed really crappy? No, you're, no, you're good. good. I mean, it, it is okay. kind of crappy, but we can <laughs> hear you and you look good, so don't even worry about it. All right. Uh, but I think he's going to play on Sunday. What the decision has to be made is do the Patriots convince him to stay for less or do they say, okay, we'll pay the going rate for a quarterback, which is approaching $27, $28, 30000000 dollars a year? Because Cam might be saying to himself, you got me for a million last year. You're not going to lowball me now. <laughs> Tom, what about their some of their assistant coaches and obviously Josh McDaniels? We know mm. he had the coach job for 12 seconds before he turned around and came home. It, could you see him taking off after this season with all the openings that are possibly going to be out there? 100%, especially if Thomas Dimitrov is still in Atlanta and Matt Ryan is still in Atlanta. That would be a promising location. Of course, we'll have to see whether or not Houston wants to re-up and do Patriots uh, South 2.0 with Josh. Um, but I know that Jack Easterby is someone who Josh is familiar with. I'm not sure what the mobility of Nick Casario is as their GM. He's still not a he's still not a technical GM. Have they constrained him with his new contract from taking a GM job elsewhere? One interesting thing, AJ, I don't know if Jed Fish moved through Green Bay while you were there or not. He's been in a lot of different spots. But he's the uh, guy that they brought in kind of to apprentice under McDaniels, almost, I think, in anticipation that at some point, Josh is going elsewhere. The Colts, probably, yeah. The Colts, <laughs> probably. If I had to bet. Yeah, Colts, stick <laughs> Is that funny, Tom? He was on the plane. He turned the son of a bitch around. The Colts, oh, I was invited to the press conference. I was on my way to the press conference to ask Josh McDaniels a question, and they're like, oh, everything's been canceled. I'm like, what? And then all of a sudden, you ever see the movie? What the hell was that? Uh, Midnight Run? Mm -hmm. he, did, he did the whole Jack Charles Grodin thing. I can't fly. Jack, I can't fly. Never mind. You guys didn't see the movie. No, that's great. Midnight Run, is that about the uh, people that escaped jail? Yeah, kind of. That is about the bail bonds guy. Yep. Yeah. 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 
I got it. I, I, it's locked up abroad. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I said it. Go ahead. Uh, Mr. Curran, I have two questions for you. One, if Cam can't play, is Stidham going to start or is Hoyer going to start? And two, will you ever doubt Bill Belichick again? Oh, great question. Oh, yeah, I will doubt there are components of his decision-making that I'll doubt. I mean, you had opportunities over the last five years to populate the tight end position, but you didn't do it. I oh, doubt that that's really a great idea. Same thing with wide receiver. But overall, in having a team prepared, ready, resilient, and able to answer the bell, even when they make you fly out the morning after having your nose swabbed, get on a bus, get on a plane, get on a bus, go to a hotel, get on a bus, go to a game, be competitive, get on a bus, come home again. I mean, they're, they're astounding in their mental toughness. Um, so sometimes there are aspects of him that are not infallible, but in terms of getting a team ready to play a friggin' football game, unparalleled. Oh. Yeah. As for this week, you tell me, fellas, they still haven't had a practice, a real practice with either of these guys taking real reps. It's not so good. wouldn't the safe thing be to just have Hoyer in and then give him the hook? Feels like that's probably what they'll do because they made a game plan last week for him. They were able to walk through it a little bit, practice it. I guess they were on that extra day that they had. But he is the veteran, knows more. I thought Stidham didn't look that bad. And obviously the Julian Edelman pick wasn't his fault. Maybe another one. I thought he looked athletic. I thought, But is now the time to make a change whenever you haven't had a practice to a young quarterback that has only thrown pick sixes, it feels like, in his entire career? <laughs> is now the time to make him the starter? I don't know. I, I, that is why Bill Belichick's Bill Belichick, though. They might have both of them in every single play. Does the defensive player care, AJ? Who the quarterback is? Yeah. Yeah, you want the guy who plays better. You want him in. <laughs> so do you, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, it's the new kid who's barely peed a drop in the league, or it's the old guy who might not have it anymore, but at least he's played some games. Might. What would you want? <laughs> I guess it, I, I bet the team is split. Usually when there's like a quarterback situation like that, the team is kind of split. The receivers usually like one guy. The defense likes another guy. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, in between those two, I feel like it's pretty close, too. Like, there's, one doesn't stand out. So it's a very difficult decision. And if you're on the other team, AJ, I would assume that you would want the guy that you have more film of than the guy you don't have a lot of film of because they seem to be pretty similar in their st uh, playing styles. Is that right in, in your guesstimation? Yeah, maybe. But also, if you don't have a bunch of film on the guy, the guy doesn't have a bunch of film on you. Like, he doesn't know as much. He probably hasn't had as many – he obviously hasn't had as many reps in the NFL. Mm. You would hope you could take advantage of some of that inexperience. But, yeah, who knows, man? Like, you've seen guys that – come out and have their first start ever and light them up for 350 and three touchdowns. And you're like, okay, where'd this guy come from? And then he's never heard from again. Like, that happens. Were you surprised? Rippin. I'm sorry, Tom. Were you oh, No, my bad. It's your show. But it's like ripping last week. Oh, that's a great question. Good, then not good. And that could be a Stidham situation. I mean, this could, there could be a lot of offensive linemen making tackles this week. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Tom. Were you surprised to see Mohamed Sanu let go of the San Francisco 49ers? You <laughs> were not banging the drum of him looking good as a Patriot earlier this year coming out of training camp. The Niners let him go? I'm sorry. Did that just... Yeah, two days ago. Oh, Jesus. Punch in, Tom. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a week up here with the COVID. Uh, no, I'm not surprised. Um, just he wasn't very fast anymore. So no. But thank you for recalling that I did get one right. Yeah, you did get that right. It was very nice, Tom. Uh, every time you come on, we love you, man. Can't wait to talk to you again. I'm happy that the Patriots proved you wrong early because it's probably better for your life. Although you do have something to be mad about, which is COVID-19, which is good for everybody. When you're pissed off, it's great for everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, NBC Sports Boston, Tom Curry. Yeah. Oh, it's all. Hey.
Appreciate you, Tom. That, the New England Patriots fans, he came on the show before the season started, AJ. I don't know if it was the one you were on or not. He was just like, they stink. This team stinks. And then they come out and go 3-1 and one or whatever, and it just it gets to the point where it's like, they don't stick at all, and that's why Bill Belichick's Bill Belichick. That whole mental toughness thing that day that he laid out right there, plus they were traveling with a guy who had COVID. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that is that is very, very difficult. Let's go to Kenny in New York. What's going on, Kenny? What's up, Pat? How are you and the boys doing? Hey, What's not, up, AJ? Not too shabby, man. We hope you're doing well as well. All right. Can, can the fucking Giants win one out of these next three games? I think so, Kenny. <laughs> I think so, Kenny. Kenny, I appreciate your call. That NFC East, I'll tell you what. Dwayne Haskins benched, not even taking reps at practice. Like, hey, excuse me, a guy who has a hamstring is a shin. He will be taking reps over you, Dwayne. Just cross your arms, sit off to the side, see you later, don't do anything. So the Washington football team now has a brand new situation. Is Kyle Allen going to be the guy? Who knows? Are they going to bring in Alex Smith? Can't wait to watch. It feels like that team doesn't know what they are because they truly don't know what they are. They're not even a team that has a name yet, and we like the president over there, Ron Rivera, we like everything they got going on, but they don't have figured out. Dallas Cowboys, the team that this guy said is going to be in the Super they don't have anything figured out over there. Philadelphia Eagles, who the fuck knows with them? <laughs> so the Giants are still right in the middle of this thing, and if Danny Dimes can do what a lot of quarterbacks who kind of have his stature and his ability can do, if he can take over and win a couple games, if you end this second quarter of the season, if you go into half the way through the season, now who knows what's going to happen with COVID, if they have two wins – out of their first eight games, they have to be sitting there thinking, hey, we're still potentially in the driver's seat of this NFC East right now. Yeah, they do. Well, do you think the Giants can beat the Cowboys? Who knows? Anybody can beat the Cowboys. Cowboys secondary, (laughs) they can't can't go full speed for 70 plays. (laughs) That offense with Dak and them are going to have to keep them on the sidelines a little bit more so those guys have a chance against everybody. But that Cowboys team, I think they got a lot to figure out as well. It's the same story. Jason Garrett, it's the same. Just transfer uh, or plug out the clapper and put in Big Mike. It feels like it's the same exact story. Will Mike be able to turn around in years to come? Maybe, Maybe this year he'll be able to turn around. But it just feels like the same old story every single year. A lot of talent. Big marquee names just can't, for whatever reason, get it all together. And is it – what is it? Nobody knows. Nobody knows what it is. Yeah, and Jason Garrett – where is this game being played? Is it New York or Dallas? You're right. Jason it's, Garrett is in a revenge game right now. It's at the Cowboys. He's in a revenge game, and also at the same time, Mike McCarthy is in an all-time pressure-packed situation. I mean, every single game is. But if you lose to the Giants right now and – the, the old coach of the Cowboys is the offensive coordinator, and they haven't been able to do anything offensively yet leading up to this game. That's that's not a great look if you're Big Mike. You think Big Mike and Jason Garrett have a handshake pregame with their masks on and the camera shoot them, and they go, this fucking play. <laughs> Jason Garrett's like, man, you should. <laughs> what if Jason, you think Jason's like, it's hey, man, hey, how's it going with Jer? And hey. Big Mike's like, all right, all right. Hey. I'll talk to you after. Hey, Big Mike, how's that How's that office that you have to do 10 corporate meetings a day in? How's that? How, how's the practice field that has a an entire building plaza around it for random people? How, and Big Mike, how, how's it all going there? <laughs> all right, okay. He's got his mask on. He I got, got a game home. to win. I got <laughs> against you, okay? Mike McCarthy, is that dialed in, huh? You don't think he would even... You, uh, he might. I'm, I'm sure he would be polite and, and he'd be nice, but I don't think he's getting into anything before a game. I think, I think every single ounce of energy Big Mike has right now is going towards 
how do we find a way to win some football games? Because I want to be here. I want to be a head coach in the league for longer, and I want to stay with the Dallas Cowboys. How long is this deal worth? Eight years or something? Yeah, it was something like that. Eight years ago? Five, maybe. No chance. Five. Somebody got eight. Jerry's, Jerry's not like the rule, So the rule, Browns in Cincinnati, if they have a coach that still has multiple years left on his deal, they usually aren't going to fire him because they don't want to pay a guy to, fight, to, to leave and go somewhere else and then bring someone else in. So I don't think Jerry has a, that big of an issue of – Sending some money somebody's way and letting them go. I'm not saying he's firing Big Mike. There's definitely should, definitely wouldn't do it after year one. I don't think. Well, we gotta we gotta see how Jerry views Big Mike. You know, because they had that big night. Remember, mm-hmm. Mike went down mm-hmm. to Jerry's house. They had a big celebration. Are they like friends or boys? Because I think Jerry viewed Garrett as his son. He said he mm-hmm. it was hard to get rid of him because yeah. he viewed him as a family member. And they delayed it a couple of weeks, and, and it was tough on the entire. It was tough on the entire family. <laughs> we had to get the clapping son of a bitch son of ours out of the family, and they, he's going into division to a team that also stinks, but. We'll hire this drunk from Pittsburgh. <laughs> Let's go to Dylan in Kansas. Last call before we have to get to a break. What's up, Dylan? Hey, Pat. Hey, boys. Just wanted to first off congratulate you guys on the success that you're having. I've been with you guys since the beginning, and it has truly been a privilege to see you guys get the recognition that you deserve. The so privilege is ours, Dylan. First off. And I don't know if we're getting the recognition that we deserve. <laughs> but I appreciate you, boss man. Thank you so much. What do you want to talk about? Well, hey, I wanted to ask, uh, do you see Joe Johnny Football Flacco coming out and lighting up this Arizona Cardinals defense? Great question, Dylan. I mean, Joey Football, this guy, last <laughs> week got a chance to go in, then immediately came out because of a uh, uh, Narcane shot probably into the shoulder of Sam Darnold. Now he gets a chance to prove all his haters wrong. He's bounced around a couple of times. Now he could potentially find a home and save Adam Gase a job. Will Joey Football, Joey Flacco, show those glimpses of greatness that he had to make him an elite Super Bowl champion, $100 million quarterback? Or will laissez-faire Joe Flacco just kind of do his thing and let the Arizona Cardinals get back into a heater against the New York Jets? TBD, we shall see. All signs point to Jets still stink. <laughs> yep. Well, think about Cliff Kingsbury at the same time. Now, he's not in the same position as Mike McCarthy, but you think this is another pressure-packed situation? Like, hey, we came out of the gates hot. Kyler looked good. The team was looking good. And then we've stumbled the last few weeks. We definitely cannot stumble against the, the New York Jets with Joe Flacco starting at the, at the quarterback Whoa. position. It is because those super terrible teams, whenever you play, when their record's super terrible, it is so much pressure on the other team. It's like, hey, any NFL game you can lo- you can lose any given Sunday. Okay, hell yeah, the inch in front of you, the inch, in all that. Mm-hmm. The, 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 any given Sunday, a team can lose, and if you lose to the Jets, you become the team that makes them not completely defeated for a season. That is a tall task. And going into those games, people are always like, oh, this could be, you know, they could be a trap game. They're looking ahead. I have a, a completely different feeling. A lot of people are like. We can't lose this one. This is one we can't lose because this is tough. Because the year we were 2-14, and 14, there was nine games I think we could have won. It was one-score games. And if we, I don't know, somehow a ball gets deflected, pick six, we win. Like that, that, Which could happen on any given play. It's like it would suck to be those teams. But, hey, that's why the NFL is the NFL. AJ, 
Uh, we've had a great show here today, I think, thus far. A lot of good conversations. James Jones came out, uh, former Green Bay Packer, I believe teammate of yours, I'd assume, at some point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. And he's talking about how much he loves Aaron Rodgers and all that. But he also then went on to talk about he loves the Chicago Bears tonight. Two scores, 31-17, his prediction, because he thinks his Bears defense is going to shut down Tom Brady. I'm not 100% sure if that's accurate, because this morning while I was taking a shit, I hammered the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> minus three and a half. It just made me feel good. But the way he was talking with his confidence made me a little bit scared. How do you see the game going this evening between Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Q Gronkineers against big dick Nick Foles and the Chicago Bears? I mean, what what is Foles going to look like? If Foles can, can be Foles like the first game when he was plugged into the lineup when he didn't start, then yeah, maybe. But I, I still have a hard time picking the Bears over the Bucks tonight. I just, I don't know if they can get enough pressure on Tom. And I feel like who knows? Maybe it's prime time. Maybe Tom wants to get Gronk involved a little bit finally, Ooh. and mm. they have a few weapons. I, I just think the, the Bucks. I think they find a way to win. Two weeks ago, Gronk got involved mightily. I think he got like six, six passes or whatever. I don't know if he had sex, but I mean, hopefully not <laughs> because that is mightily, COVID that's not involved mightily for Gronk for Gronk standards. Yeah, I agree, but they do. There was like one drive where Tom was looking at nobody else. It was like the Antonio Brown drive whenever he was on the Patriots. He was just looking at him specifically, sending a message, by the way, to everybody, if anybody wanted to watch. This is a message I'm sending to everybody. I like this guy. Then this last weekend, O.J. Howard had a big game. He tears his Achilles. He's out. Brait has a big game. He's still in, I believe. But this does feel like it could potentially be a Gronk game. Thursday night football, you go back to what you like, what you like the most. Tom Brady without O.J. Howard, uh, rest in peace to his Achilles. It is one of those things where you do feel like Gronk is probably going to come in big, especially if we don't know about Mike Evans. Oh, Scotty Miller's playing, which is great news. Obviously, he is a deep threat. He is a problem for everybody, a la all the other, you know, slot receivers that Tom Brady has had great success with. I just, I like the Bucks tonight because I just don't know if that Chicago Bears offense can do absolutely anything. I mean, anything. Two quarterbacks, same old outcome, it feels like. And if, to your credit, if Nick Foles gets in there in that second half where he had three tutters, which should have been four, actually, with a pass inter or with an interception call that should have been a touchdown, maybe they have a chance here. But we just don't know if that's the case because this Buccaneers defense is very good at football. I mean, they are a very good D as well. So it's not like a cakewalk on the other side of the ball for Nick Foles. And people forget that Indomitian Sue is in the middle there for Tampa and still making plays. He had the huge cause fumble last week. Like, that guy can still disrupt people, especially up the middle, which is what you want to do against any quarterback. Don't let him feel comfortable to where he can step into his throws. So, I don't know, man. I just – I think the Bears right now are a tough team to ever bet on. Like, oh, good or bad, I don't really – we don't know who they are yet. Yeah, but, by the way, 3-1. and one. Hey, even didn't realize they are three. All that matters. It's all that matters, man. All that matters. Keep your blinders on. Listen, don't listen to that fucking McAfee show. Okay? <laughs> I had to listen to him for four years. I, it's enough. He, he entertaining us sometimes, but Jesus, what he's saying about our team is not good. We should not be listening to that. Let's go to Ryan in Alabama. What's going on, Ryan? Hey, what's up, brother? How you been doing? Not too shabby. How is it down there in Alabama? We roll tired or War Eagle, pal? War Eagle, War Eagle, hell yeah, yeah. hell yeah, hell yeah. What do you I, want to talk I grew about? Up in, I grew up in D.C., or near D.C. I've been a big Washington, well, football fan for now. Oh, there, there you go. go. Thank you. I got a question. When am I supposed to completely give up on this team? Oh, not because now. It's been Just 20 fun. years of disappointment. Nah, dude, I, I don't. I, <laughs> no. I don't think, you talked about how Dwayne Haskins was good. I don't think if you put Aaron Rodgers in there, it could work. Oh, that's wrong. Mm, that's incorrect right there. That is incorrect right there. Doesn't the, By the way, what if 
Don't even go there. What? I know where you're going. Just stop, okay? Can oh, we just no. enjoy what we got going on right now? Well, I'm just saying, I mean, the Green Bay Packers made it very clear that you will not end your career here. Nope. Mm-hmm. Okay, you will not. And Ooh. it doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. And what is a team that if they had a guy, a guy, guy playing oh. quarterback for them, their fan base would be so thankful and excited and love oh. football again? I mean, oh my God! Washington oh, Rogers first it's football. Cleveland. Now it's Washington. <laughs> no. I mean, what do you want to do to the guy? <laughs> no, 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 no. Right. Speculation. Let's not even let's uh. not even put it out there into the world. Much like I got a bunch of text messages saying, "Don't even mention bubble about the NFL because we don't even want that in the universe." From a lot of players, told me to basically uh, go fuck myself for even saying. <laughs> That bubble could happen, which I understand because I would not want to do it either. But when you talk about the Washington football team, it's very clear, okay? Dwayne Haskins is not Ron Rivera's guy, all right? This is what happens in the business of the NFL when new GMs, new head coaches come in. They want to build a team in a certain fashion, and if you don't fit it, it doesn't matter when you were drafted, how much you got paid, where you're signed, they will move on from you. We are watching it in a very public platform here because Dwayne Haskins was the name to starter going into the year, and that team's entire building was burning around him. I think a lot of people said, hey, what do you expect from Dwayne Haskins this season? And that... That is a very valid question because they're a team with no name. Two exposés about that thing. Get everybody out. Let's get new people in here. All right, also, offensive line, not great. Skill position, not that great. Dan Orlovsky said, what was the expectation of Dwayne Haskins? Did you want him to go undefeated here? Maybe. If that's the case, you're not living in reality probably with the sense of what the Washington football team is. But it did, this feels like a classic case of... He doesn't fit what they want the team to be in the future. Who knows what they want the team to be in the future. But I don't think now is the time to give it up. I think Ron Rivera has had success, and they're turning the corner potentially in that building. This year could be tough for you, but the NFC East, they could get hot and win that thing. Nobody has a clue. But I think in the next couple of years, whenever you see the team kind of take shape around what Ron Rivera's vision is, then maybe you can give up because you're in the middle of a rebuild as well over there. Yeah, you are, but and now you just add the the quarterback position, just making another issue. I guess that what are they hoping that Kyle Allen is their guy and he's going to prove that he's the franchise quarterback moving forward? Here's a quote from Ron Rivera, reported by at Mike Garofalo. Uh, Ron Rivera says, "With the NFC East title wide open, basically, I'd be stupid not to give it a shot with a QB they know and trust to run things the right way." So I don't know if Mike Garofalo added on the to run with a QB that can run things the right way like his own little personal anecdote or if Ron Rivera actually said that and then that's a massive shot at Dewey Haskins but Dwayne Haskins was sitting on basically behind where the punters would stand during seven on seven yesterday in practice got zero reps it's pretty apparent that they are moving on and if they think they can win some games in that NFC East that you're going to only have to win a couple to win it I mean why wouldn't you go for it I guess but that's just saying the right thing too if you're a guy that knows your team's probably in a rebuild did you see uh, Marcus Spears' comments on this yesterday? No, what did he say? He had a good like minute and a half, little bit of a rant, just saying how much he respected Ron Rivera, how much like he, you know, he, everyone respects Ron Rivera, but he's like, I just something didn't sit right. He said with what Rivera said when Rivera said like Kyle Allen has a better grasp of the offense, he knows like the playbook better and all this. And uh, Spears' issue was why didn't you start him from the beginning then? Like, what was Haskins doing for four games? Why did you even do this if you felt like this guy was better in the first place? Almost feels like they kind of put him out there as a... uh, uh, Buffer? Sacrificial lamb. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We'll go let... We'll let people see uh, why we bench him or something like that. But it's just... I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback 
get so much sympathy basically from around the NFL because we've all seen what he's had to go through here publicly, very publicly. Everything that's happening behind closed doors that you don't normally hear about, we've heard about that as well. Three head coaches in 13 games here, new offense, new everything, new team name, new build. It's just like it doesn't really feel like he's getting a fair shake. But the NFL, hey, it ain't about National Fair League, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh That ain't ain't what the F F in NFL stands for, pal. What's up? Um, For Dewey, they made him a captain. Does that hold any weight whatsoever, or is it just like uh, it doesn't even matter? Or maybe they put the C on him. I don't know. None of it really makes much sense, but, hey, they got a lot to deal with over there in Washington. I think it's it's simple as what Rivera just said. Like, I don't think they thought they had a shot to win at all going into the season, and now they're oh. looking at the division like, holy shit, we can actually win this thing. Now's the time. Let's make the switch. Let's oh, go wow. get it. Oh, so they were trying to tank with Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> yeah, wow. Wow, that's a bigger shot than <laughs> That is a much bigger shot at Dwayne. Like, oh, I think we can lose 16 with this guy. We get Trevor Lawrence if he's playing. Strap a C on him. <laughs> I mean, that is a hell of a shot if that is what they did. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to today's show. From all of us to all of you, have a great day. Feel Good Friday is tomorrow. Yeah. Be a friend, tell a friend. TJ Watt will be on tomorrow, I do believe. Let's go. His brother, the JJ Watt, mm-hmm. uh, made some news because of his interaction with Bill O'Brien. I will not ask TJ about that because two different circumstances. don't want to put him on the spot. It might come up, not 100% sure. <laughs> but TJ Watt is obviously a stud for that Steelers team. The Steelers had an early bye week. How are they bouncing back? Who knows? We'll talk to him about that and more. We can't thank you enough. Be a friend, tell a friend. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.